Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. So for somebody that wants to get into clean energy, I would say get in and get in now. Now is the time. Hey there, solar warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome back, Solar Warriors. Today is a tactical Tuesday. It's practical insights and guidance to help you along your journey in your career, your business, as we on the front lines of the clean energy transition endeavor to grow and learn together. Every week, I bring a subject matter expert. And this week, our expert guide is Andrew Reagan. Andrew is the executive director of Clean Energy for America and Clean Energy for America Education Fund. We'll talk about the differentiation between those two. But generally speaking, Andrew and his team exist to amplify the voice of the clean energy workforce and advocate for the policies and leaders to advance a just, equitable, and rapid decarbonization of our electric grid. One of the things that I appreciate about Andrew and why I wanted to have him on is the deep concern for the broad narrative that we have had versus what we should or could have in bringing relevance to the opportunity that clean energy offers economically, socioeconomically to our country, both from a jobs as well as a welfare perspective. Uh, So we're here to discuss today the importance of companies and individual workers being focused on communicating the positive impacts of clean energy. Communication, as you well know, is the fastest way besides food to the hearts and minds of our audience. And frankly, as I've said here a number of times, I just don't think we're having as big of an impact at a storytelling level as we could. So not just using communications as a policy tool, but recognizing that communications is a key element of success as a business or an individual. I hope that this kind of information is beneficial to you individually or for your organization. We've got more than 600 episodes like this in the Suncast catalog that tap into some element of how to tell the story in new and enriching ways or who in the industry you could model or emulate. That's all in the back catalog that you'll find at mysuncast.com. For now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to a practical tactical episode here on Suncast. All right, as I mentioned and teased a bit here in the intro, today's all about storytelling. Who's doing it well? Why should we be doing it at all? And what are the consequences for not leaning in far enough? Joining us is Andrew Reagan, Executive Director, as I mentioned, of Clean Energy for America and Clean Energy for America Education Fund. Andrew, that's a mouthful, but I'm glad that you are here to help unpack what it means. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Nico, for having me on the show. I'm, I'm a big fan, and it's a real honor to get to, to talk with you about an issue that I think you have done such an incredible job of socializing throughout the industry and with my Suncast. So, you know, it's it's a real privilege to get to be on with with someone like yourself who has been doing this so well for so long. Thanks, my friend. Well, I've um there's a lot of of FOMO when you're a creator and especially when you see 
someone come alongside. Um, you know, we've been at this for about eight years and just telling folks, you got to do more video. You got to tell your story. I've been both inspired and uh, intimidated by things like the Faces of Clean Energy and the wonderful job that you guys are doing capturing the story as I have been admiring the work that you guys have done over the last uh, couple of years at Clean Energy for America, one of the things that really stands out is you're championing the voice of the front line and demonstrating to folks that there is a viable career in clean energy for more than folks who sort of work their way up from the roof to the office. You've got great stories from companies like Sunrun where folks are joining from oil and gas, which is a great story and other sectors as well. Could you tell us a bit about the genesis of the Faces of Clean Energy and maybe give us some examples that have really stood out for you? Of course. Yeah, Nico. Well, I mean, I think what you say so well is that effective storytelling has to be a key part of anyone in this industry, whether you're a business, whether you're an individual, not only does it build your own brand as, as you talk about so well, but it, it's essential for winning the larger public narrative around clean energy. And I think what we've seen in the industry over the past decade, certainly over the past five years, is a rapid growth, a rapid maturation of the technologies. But at the same time, the industry has not been doing, you know, I think, a good enough job of telling the story of the real benefit that they're having all across the country. And that takes the form of workers. And so I think, you know, as as an industry, it's so important to realize we can't just do the good work and and hope that the story gets told. We need to be active participants in telling the story and and bringing this good news to light. So, you know, as as I look at, you know, my work, not only do I have a great team, but we also just have an incredible network of people who care about clean energy and are willing to share their story and and as you mentioned, you know, one one project I'm really proud of with Faces of Clean Energy is a series of videos that we recorded with the team at Sunrun's Henderson facility in Nevada, where we we featured three employees, one who started as an installer, Mike, he worked his way up to be the branch manager, another person, Tim, who you mentioned, who used to work in drilling wells and now is is much happier and has a much better career uh, with better work-life balance. And and Finally, uh, Drew, who was an army veteran and talked about how he translated those skills that he learned in the army to clean energy. And I think each of those is a great example of why the Faces of Clean Energy program was created, which is we need to provide clear, accessible instances of the larger trends that are happening at a human level and in a way that people can understand them. Because we can talk about uh, you know, electrons and technology till the cows come home. But there is a much more visceral reaction to storytelling. The data tells us, you know, time and time again, that people respond to personal stories. They respond to to understanding things at a human level. And the industry has so many great stories. And we're really excited to be part of the larger effort to tell them and to make sure that the public knows what's going on. Hey, if you're looking for a way to maximize the ROI for your next utility project, I would like to point you to SunGrow's new SG4400 modular inverter. This new innovative solution will reduce capital and operating expenses because it arrives already on a skid with a step-up transformer. It's built 
using four 1100KW modules so that if one of them fails, well, the other three keep powering right on through as the DC and AC protection are completely separate between the modules. You can learn more about this fantastic new product and more at mysuncast.com forward slash sungrow. I think one of the things that uh, I have heard you mention and is so true is folks can see on, you know, in ads interrupting their YouTube streams and they can see maybe in news that solar farms are being built in their communities, but it's the stories of neighbors who've gotten jobs and jobs that are permanent jobs that help folks understand and really believe how it translates to the benefit locally to their community and the savings to their wallet. And we know that um, while it has historically been a very, I mean, fairly partisan conversation around um, around energy, in particular a transition away from uh, fossil fuels to, towards clean energy, um, the areas of the country that do benefit the most from clean energy tend to trend more towards what we call what we might call red or Republican, and those states do benefit more. So it has decidedly uh, over the last decade become less a partisan issue. Not ironically, clean energy represents resilience. It represents community development to um, sort of stalwarts of the agenda, as it were, for Republicans. So I think it's interesting in the last four years, I feel, despite the fact that we have a Democrat in the office and, um, and we have in the current administration a landmark piece of legislation like the IRA, it has born true that there are large swaths of acceptance across the United States for clean energy, um, which is why we see pushback and in the form of anti-solar activism. Mm -hmm. And underneath, underneath that nimbyism is not necessarily distrust or disinterest from the local communities. It's lobbying (laughs) from industries that are potentially feeling the squeeze of the growth of clean energy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what we're, what we're talking about, and I invite you to kind of add some color here too, is the importance of storytelling. We all understand, we, we hear it. It's, it's become sort of uh, du jour in marketing circles and sales circles that storytelling is, uh, is, helps to make the narrative clear. But what we have to do now, and, and what, what I see you all doing with the Faces of Clean Energy is we have to tie it back to the local community to counteract some of the measures that are being taken, uh, certainly in an election cycle, to uh, disrupt that message of hope, optimism, resilience, uh, personal conviction that clean energy does bring to each homeowner and community. You know, so I think what, what you're saying is exactly right. And, and the solar industry, I think, is a great example of folks who know that, you know, at a bone deep level that there is going to be and will con- you know has been and will continue to be fighting against clean energy progress by incumbents who don't want to lose their market share even if they are not as efficient even if they're more expensive they're going to do everything they can and we see them doing it to oppose not just you know local projects but larger pieces of legislation like the inflation reduction act that has been so key to this industry and so so far in this Congress, there have already been over 18 different attempts to repeal all or part of the Inflation Reduction Act. And I think that that's a really important reminder that, you know, as the clean energy industry, we can't rest on our laurels. We can't think that our wins and our progress are guaranteed. And again, 
solar knows that all too well with you know fights all across the country to make sure that people can have the freedom to produce their own electricity and so as you talk about places that are you know red republican states in some cases clean energy is booming in a lot of places if you look at georgia mm-hmm. with governor kemp Hucells, hyundai huge facilities coming in and and building american made clean energy solar panels yep. and batteries yep. I mean, throughout the heartland, Alabama with First Solar, you've got more than a half dozen that are building manufacturing plants in Texas, uh, Seg Solar and Trina, to name two. I think that uh, more than a billion dollars is going to come to Alabama as a result of the First Solar plant expansion out of uh, out of Ohio, right? So it's categorically benefiting both sides of the political spectrum in the United States. So it's one thing to talk about the idea of storytelling. What does it look like to put it into action? We brought in um, the examples from Sunrise. I'd love if you could show us some of the things that you all have been involved in that are helping put the face of clean energy front and center in popular media. If that works, happy to share a clip here that I think is is a great uh, representation of that. Uh, One of the folks I mentioned, Tim, who works at the Nevada facility, of yeah. his story, but I think this is a perfect example of what it looks like to tell these stories at a more visceral level. You know, I, my quality of life before was, was much different than it is now. You're eating better, you're living better, you're, everything is better. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of background or where you come from, you can fit in here. You can fit in in the solar industry. Before I worked in solar, I was doing water well drilling. I wanted a a career change. It it, it was really rough. Always away, always away from your family. Now I'm about to get married in November, so I mean, I'm sure if I was in the drilling industry, this wouldn't be happening right now, that's for sure. Oh my goodness. Hello? I was always in the middle of nowhere when I was working in the fossil fuel industry. You're always on a ranch somewhere. How you doing, Wade? I'm Tim. Your customer nice was you know, somewhere else. The only communication you had was with the guy that was right, right next to you. But compared to being right here, it's it, it's much different. I love my job because it's the people that I work with. That's that's mainly what it is. I'm, uh, I'm out there helping people and, and making the world a better place. And the homeowner's aware of everything that's going on, right? You he already is. reviewed the plan set with them? Reviewed the plan set, yes. Perfect, awesome. I had no experience at all coming into this industry at all. Um, so coming from a drilling background, yeah, I had mechanical skills, but uh, as far as electrical skills, I, I had none. So for somebody that wants to get into clean energy, I would say get in and get in now. Now is the time. Go in full force. Know that you are going to be making a huge impact on this world, and you're going to be changing your life. It's always a different view, so yeah, it's a great feeling up here. <laughs> Hey, pardon the interruption, but I wanted to just let you know how much of an impact you have on Suncast. Yeah, you. Thank you for clicking play. Without you, this show is just me shouting into the void. But there's still people who don't even know about Suncast. I know. I can hardly believe it myself. (laughs) But that's where you can help me yet again. There's a simple way that you can show some love and help others discover the show. If you cruise over to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast, 
I'd love it if you would leave a five-star rating and enthusiastic review. That's possibly the single kindest thing that you could do for me today. So if the show has helped, inspired, or even entertained you at all, I'd love it if you would head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash suncast and give me a virtual two thumbs up. All right, back to today's episode. Something I love, Andrew, about the way that this story was architected, and kudos to Sunrun and the production team for making an absolutely phenomenal, like first class uh, video production, is the two elements of we're helping people from the oil and gas industry find a, a stable job in this industry. And you don't have to start with a deep well of experience. Two misconceptions that are far too often proffered in the, in the industry, which is, oh, if, you don't, or if you're not in the solar industry, you're not accepted. The solar industry doesn't want to work with anybody from oil and gas. I hear that all the time. Um, and, and while that has been true for a lot of solar companies, they won't even accept applications from people from the oil and gas industry, like us versus them. But the other is that people believe that they don't, they, they believe that they don't have an opportunity to start because they don't already have the skills or they have to go get like NABSEP certified or solar installer trained when most of these companies, um, and Sunrun's no exception, do the training for their crew as they come on board. And yeah. that, that video is really smart in that way to position that there's room for you here in the solar industry. And it's not just solar, it's batteries and wind, the broader clean energy sector. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's so important, I think, to talk about you know, the, the breadth and depth of clean energy jobs across the country. They're, they're in every state in the country. There are people from all sorts of backgrounds with all sorts of skill sets. Um, but I think particularly stories that feature folks who used to work in fossil fuels and are now working in clean energy are really important to help illustrate this larger point because, you know, fossil fuel incumbents would want us to believe that there's no opportunity. There's, you know, there's only jobs that are going away. But I think if you talk to people who are actually doing this work, it's clear there's a lot of transferability of skills. There's a lot of transferability of opportunities. And so, you know, one great example is the company Fervo Energy, which is a next generation geothermal company. They just made news by announcing the first ever, um, you know, next generation geothermal uh, or opened the first next gen geothermal plant in Nevada. And their founder, as well as many of their engineers, are people who got their start in fossil fuel industry and are now using that exact same drilling technology to drill wells for geothermal to produce 24-7 clean energy. And those stories are real. They're not just anecdotes. They're a real trend that's happening all across the country. And we need to put a face to them because it's, it's easy to just listen to the other side that's spending millions, if not billions of dollars, you know, to stop this transition, there is possibility, there's promise, and the clean energy industry is giving that to people, you know, from not just the fossil fuel industry, but transitioning from the military, transitioning, um, you know, from community college, you know, there, there's such a workforce need. You can work in clean energy, no matter what your background is. Yeah. And we know from all the interviews we've done here on Suncast that the number one need, the number one struggle that every company has right now is workforce placing enough hands on the oars to keep the, keep the ship moving. There is so much work to be done. And you mentioned transferability of skills. I've identified that all of the folks that come through our uh, mission-minded coaching program or that come to me just asking for advice, principally 
don't know how to identify and communicate their transferable skills. And smart hiring managers can see those transferable skills, even if the candidate can't enunciate them. And you're right. There are sectors. Solar is, um, it's a Lego kit for most engineers. It's not rocket science. It's a 10th as complex and difficult as off-water drilling. The reality is that there are people in oil and gas who are in many cases overqualified and they have um, what happens I hear in, uh, in the, in the halls of oil and gas is they'll say, oh, you uh, won't get paid as much. Right. And, and that is true for certainly the folks that are used to doing the field work. But I always ask, well, what's the opportunity cost of the capital of the, of the income you're making now? So what happens is a lot of the, uh, the, the, Folks, the wildcatters, they call them in the oil and gas sector, trade, like this gentleman said, a decade or more of their social life and their health for a $500,000, $600,000 a year, you know, field worker job. And they'll never, ever get that in the solar industry, but they get their life back. You know, what you're saying is such a good point that speaks to a larger trend. There was a really great piece in the New York Times last year, which, you know, I can link for the show notes that. Um, you know, especially when you saw oil prices crash in the wake of the pandemic, there actually is more stability in clean energy. It is not as much of a boom and bust cycle. And there's a real hunger where people are recruiting people who have expertise in energy who are currently working fossil fuels for that expertise in good paying clean energy jobs. And so I would even challenge even the, the necessarily the presumption of, you know, folks are going to make less money because I think if you look at a lot of the data you're seeing people who are making great middle class livings, um, you know, not just in the the white collar side of things, but but in the installer, technician, frontline workers who are doing this doing this work across the country. You know, you go in and, and speak with companies like Sunrun about the importance of uh, creating a narrative. What underlying data or research uh, is it helpful to communicate to the audience about the reason that a narrative? works better than facts and data. Two core things that, that are important as we think about this are data points that we've seen in multiple polls, which are Americans are much more favorable to clean energy companies. A recent public poll from last year found plus 58 favorability for clean energy versus negative eight favorability for oil and gas companies. You know, plus 50 is like mom and apple pie level territory. You <laughs> don't get that in almost any polling. Yet at the same time, polling of the American public shows they don't yet believe we're ready for a clean energy transition. And so I think storytelling can bridge that gap because now that we've had over the last five years, the incredible advancement of additional clean energy technologies that get us on the path to full decarbonization, everything from, from hydrogen to cement to mm-hmm. thermal batteries to sustainable aviation fuel. So all of these hard to decarbonize places are finally starting to mature. And so I think that by telling stories of the people who work in these industries, of the people who are able to not just get good careers, but but feel fulfilled in what they're doing, that is key to bridging that larger public gap as well as for decision makers to understand, you know, it is this is not something pie in the sky in the future. Clean energy is happening right here, right now in communities around the country. And the American public is ready to listen to it. It can't be like nerdy and esoteric. As much as we all love to nerd out about this stuff, it has to be relatable to you know regular folks and especially people who don't even necessarily care about climate change. 
that's the great thing about clean energy. We have messages and facts that resonate with almost everyone. You know, it's energy security, it's energy independence. I've heard from multiple people who literally say to me, and you might need to bleep this, I don't give a shit about climate change, but either I'm making money in this industry or I'm able to save a lot of money in my energy bills or farmers who have said, you know, hey, I'm making more with solar on my farm than I was with crops. And so I think that's like, it's important to know that this this isn't about people just who care about climate change, which of course we do and should care about. But we need to we need to understand that clean energy has the potential to be much more popular and much less divisive of an issue. But that needs to be done through telling stories because, um, and again, we can talk about this on show notes, but there's multiple studies that have found that, you know, people don't listen to facts and statistics, but stories resonate. So, you know, we can talk about why that's maybe not ideal, but that's the reality that we live in. What's so hard internally for companies and us as an industry is to collect those stories and be able to share them back out. And that's one of the things that caught my attention where I mentioned in the outset, you guys introduced the uh, the voices of or faces of clean energy campaign. Can you tell me about the genesis of the faces of clean energy, the progress and why it's a useful mechanism and potentially a tool that the rest of the industry could leverage as well? So Clean Energy for America Education Fund in 2022 launched our faces of clean energy program to really just shine a light on the people who make up this industry. You know, I think when you think about a coal miner or someone who works in drilling, immediately for anyone, an image pops into your mind. There is a baked-in heuristic. Uh, and that and that doesn't exist in the same way for clean energy just because the industry has grown so fast and is so new. And so we see Faces of Clean Energy as a really vital way to make sure that the general public and key decision makers understand that clean energy is benefiting people in every community across this country. And so we wanted to collect stories because we knew they were out there, but we knew they were not being told as much as they should be. And so I should be clear, we're really lucky to get to work with a lot of wonderful partners in this space. But for us at Clean Energy for America, we really wanted to prioritize shining a light on the workers who are making this possible. Um, And so you know, for anyone who's listening, I would just really encourage you to share your story because no matter what you do in clean energy, it's important to have that be represented. It's important to share that. And by growing, you know, we we now have over a hundred people who have shared their story. Um, I'd like to double that in 2024. So by growing the number of people who are sharing their story, we grow the number of examples of advocates of people who are a force for change. And so if anyone wants to share it, please go to our website, Clean Energy for America Education Fund. You can either Google that or go to CE4, the number four, AEF.org on the front page. Click uh, share your story and and take 10 minutes max. And it's it's not only a great way to advance the industry, it's also a great way to build your personal brand. And Nico, I know you've done a lot of talking about that. One thing that I would highlight is it's this is what I believe is so useful and you've done such an elegant job of it. Uh, it's a simple form. And I find so many times as marketers, we try to overcomplicate but setting up a story bank is a, you know, it's, it's a part of marketing 101 for any, uh, any company as you start to get customer stories, as you start, to, but, the, but we forget about the user being someone also internally, right? The gentleman that you showed for Sunrun is an internal customer 
of the product that delivers happiness to the world of Sunrun because this person now has a stable job and uh, the the internal team at Sunrun doing a fantastic job sets up their story bank to capture that story. And it's something that any company can do. So I want to urge you, um, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. All uh, great artists steal. Every company should be going to the ce4aef.org and I'll link to that in the description and just steal the model from Andrew. Please. And by the way, when you get and, and capture all of your stories, steal it for your customers too. like set up a story bank. Yeah. If you don't know how, reach out to us. We'll help you. You know, we're going to be working with CE4A, taking some of these stories and turning them into video uh, interviews, video narrative. And I want to hear your story, but it's so easy. Like Andrew said, it's less than 10 minutes of your time to personally uh, think about and reflect on your role in the clean energy sector and why it matters. It elevates that story to the level of visibility of our industry and potentially nationally. And it will get you exposure for yourself and for your company at the level of media that are partnering with Clean Energy for America, like Suncast is. So it's one of those simple ways that as a nonprofit organization, Clean Energy for America is doing a service to the industry, helping to make a call, a call to arms, as it were, to say, Tell us your story. Got more than 100 folks. Uh, we want to double that. Let's get to 500 folks. It's simple. 10 minutes. Go upload your story. You answer specific questions. I'm going to be looking. I, I'm already looking at a number of them, right? We've got, uh, I noticed this guy, Kevin Doffing, that came from uh, uh, an Iraq war. He's an Iraq war veteran. He saw oil shortages in Iraq and decided, as, as a number of our guests on Suncast have uh, explained, that because of what they saw as the consequences of dependency on fossil fuel, they decided to get into clean energy, right? And those stories are consequential. Um, So Andrew, I wanted to ask, as we think about wrapping here, for those who don't have a story bank, we've given them an example of how to capture those stories and we want them to go tell their story uh, through the Clean Energy for America platform as well, so that we can surface those and and share them with the world and broadcast them. But what is good storytelling? Let's leave folks with some of the core elements of effective storytelling. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, and we've, we've touched on this, good storytelling has to be based on people and their experiences. And I think often the most effective stories come from people who have you know, never done a media interview in their life and are just a genuine real person. And so you know, not, that, not that we're not real people, but I think far too often there can be a sense of, oh, only people who are fully media trained and who have rehearsed all their talking points can go talk about these things. No, like just meet people where they are. And I think that's what's so important is, you know, just making sure that you are being thoughtful, that you're being, you know, considerate, that you're telling someone's story um, with an eye toward better understanding what has brought, you know, in our case, what's brought you into clean energy, why you stay in clean energy and what it means to you. And, And not starting from a position of saying you need to say X, Y, Z, but I think what's been so interesting as I look at all of the people who have been featured is the you know immense diversity of the responses in terms of yeah. how people got in the industry, why they care about it. And, and I think it's so, you know, when you come back to what is good storytelling, I think it is, you know, finding people who are willing to talk about why this is important to them and actually just, you know, letting them share that with you. And then, you know, from there, I think at that point, then, you know, hey, if or if someone's working on a story uh, podcast episode about the clean energy transition, 
you're then able to go to the website and you can easily see, oh, hey, this person, uh, you know, works in solar in Arizona, a state that we're focusing on. And so, you know, in the long term, I think this is also important to shape the larger narrative, because if we don't have the examples, if we don't put them out uh, and, you know, we're not going to be successful. And, and I think to your point, I would encourage every company listening to this to share your stories, um, you know, both for individuals, obviously, we would love to feature you, but I, there are 210,000 new clean energy jobs announced just since the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, over 3 million clean energy workers in the country. It is a real and potent political force. And, you know, those 3 million plus people all have their own story that is important. It is persuasive. And study after study has found that, um, you know, personal, interpersonal relationships, first person accounts are the most likely uh, indicator, you know, in, in, in one study, most likely indicator of someone going solar was did a, a friend, neighbor, other connection. So I think it's just, it's so important to center the human and all things and understand that we can't just talk about facts and statistics. And I would argue that with less than one-tenth of 1% of the new jobs that have been <clears throat> created through the IRA represented in the faces of clean energy, yeah. we have a lot of opportunity. And also it occurred to me as you were talking about that, you know, as we are in a, a season where some are going to want to say that this is a political, politically divisive issue, we can point to this project as a way to say, no, actually look at how diverse the faces of clean energy are and the way that it is um, distributed and represented. I would love to see, uh, I know that a lot of the things are not requirements. I'd love to see folks disclose where they live in the United States. We can start correlating data from folks that work in the industry. And I know that SIA is doing a lot around jobs and, you know, formerly Solar Foundation, um, still does the job census. So that the ability for us to start correlating through the partnerships of the various uh, nonprofits like, like yours, we can really tell the story of how the clean energy industry is both here to stay and needs skilled workers, talented individuals across all spectrums, all transferable skills from marketing and accounting to field and engineering. It's uh, it's not just an engineering problem anymore. That is such a good point. And, and I would just totally reiterate that there are incredible groups all across the country who are doing this work. And so, you know, by no means are we alone in this. And, and I think this is something where we collectively, as, as people who care about clean energy, the transition about the future of our planet, need to come together to make sure that we say you know, we can't see the field. We can't see the narrative to the other side because, Nico, to your point, while by and large the public is supportive of clean energy, it's, it, you know, unfortunately, there are still going to be attempts to, by special interests, to attack the progress that we've made. And so, you know, as, as we close up, I would just definitely encourage folks to, you know, as always, not to be dispirited by defeat, which we've, we've known a lot, and not to let our wins feel like they can't be taken away. And so I think. Telling your story is, is, is such an important way to build the public support in a way that clean energy becomes no longer a political issue. And so, you know, while I think it still at times, unfortunately, can be, the more that people understand the real life things that are happening with clean energy, um, I think the less political it becomes. And, and in an ideal world, we're going to organize ourselves out of a job here um, because, you know, clean energy should not be controversial 
And there are people all across the country who are benefiting from every background, every, every political leaning. It's good business. Yeah. Well, I want to give a shameless plug here for uh, a project that we've been working on that for those of you who are thinking, this is great, but you've given me sort of a surface level understanding of what it looks like to create a good story. Well, we have a newsletter for that as well. Over the holidays, we launched Valence, uh, content that connects. It's a LinkedIn newsletter that now we have nearly 3,000 subscribers to. And I would encourage folks, uh, as my audience, uh, you should be doing already. If you didn't listen to the episode that we talked about in the launch, um, please go subscribe and and read. The, the, the topic is the elemental components of good storytelling and how it can impact and grow our industry. So what we are talking about at a high level here, I'll be digging into in more depth in the Valence newsletter. So please subscribe and tell all the folks at your company that are related to marketing that they should also be subscribed. And then once you feel pretty confident that you know how to tell your story, please go to ce4aef.org. Click on the share your story button and share your freaking story. Yeah. I promise if you email me and say, Nico, I shared my story, I will call you and I will ask you to record it with me. <laughs> so there you go. I love There's it. one more call to action. If you share your story and you're my, you're a Suncast listener, please email me, Nico at mysuncast.com and let me know. And, and Andrew, maybe you could put in there, um, you know, where did you hear about the storytelling project? And if they put Suncast in there, float it to yeah. me. So, um, so that we can, I, I want to focus on helping take what is, presently by and large a written medium and turning it into what I know converts as well. And that's video. That's why we showed the Sunrun video. So I want, you don't have to have a professional, uh, you don't have to be media personality professionally. You don't have to have professional equipment. You can use your phone and you can turn it on and say, I'm such and such. And here's why I am in the clean energy sector. Uh, we want to turn you all into a story core for the clean energy sector. And uh, Andrew, I just applaud the work that you're doing. And uh, I look forward to more fun ways that we can help tell the story together this year. Well, Nico, I appreciate that so much. It's been such a pleasure. And, you know, I'll, I'll just close by saying at the end of the day, there's obviously an altruistic case to to share these stories to advance the industry. But there's also just a core element of if you want to be successful, if you want to get in front of an audience, you should you should be proactive and share your story. And so I think like at the end of the day, being very clear to your listeners and, and viewers that there's a business case for this. This is not like eat your vegetables, do your advocacy, like do your part. It is that, but it also is like essential to you succeeding. So at the end of the day, I think Nico, what you're doing is so incredible. And you know, to all of your listeners who are making this clean energy revolution possible, we're so grateful. We'd love to share your story. And um, so excited to, to keep tuning into Suncast and continue to hear the stories uh, that are driving this industry forward. All right, it's pretty clear by now that you are dedicated to telling a better story and you're raptured by this conversation or you wouldn't be listening to the outro. So thank you so much for making it all the way through. I want to say thank you once again to my friend Andrew and all the folks that are making CE for America such a powerful force in telling the clean energy story. And it's not just the solar story or the wind story or the geothermal story. That's why it's called clean energy for America. You see, we are involved in an energy transition and there is a story that needs to be told. And it's one that I think is redemptive because it gives a future of hope for people who've been literally in many cases, and I don't want to use the wrong terminology here, but slaving away in the coal mines for generations 
that are now finding a fruitful future in their careers in West Virginia and all throughout Appalachia. Folks that have been lonely and uh, and uh, sort of you know alone out in the fields in the middle America or out on the well rigs in the middle of the Gulf Coast that are finding a new future digging geothermal wells and working in carbon capture. You see, the clean energy story is a wholesome story and it's one that has no political barriers. So I hope that we as a community can tell that story in more fruitful ways. And that's what we're here to try and do on Suncast by showing you each and every week the people that are on the front lines of the clean energy revolution. I hope that you'll go to Clean Energy for American Education Fund and tell your story. You can find the link in the description below or in the show notes, wherever it is that you are engaging with this content. If you're on Spotify, please click the subscribe and like button. However it is that Spotify is doing it now, give us a rating if it gives you an option there. Leave us a message if you're on one of the platforms that lets you do that. And if not, you do have access to me on LinkedIn. I'm there each and every week, in most cases, each and every day. Um, While you're there, go to our profile. You'll see Valence prominently noted at the top that I want you to learn how to be a better storyteller and to leverage that as a force for good in your business and in your personal brand. We're here each and every week to help educate you on how to do that with the thought leaders of, the, I think, uh, the greatest transformation of our time. I want to thank our sponsors who help make sure that this show comes to you each and every week for free. Really, it's not free. It costs you the one thing that you won't get back, and that's your time. So I honor that. I honor them for helping support us each and every week. You can find out more about them at mysuncast.com right on the homepage. If you click on the sponsors page, you'll learn more about how they contribute to our industry and how you could partner with us to join them and share your message with thousands of clean tech champions and climate warriors each and every week, twice a week, just like they do. I want to remind you that you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solo Warrior. It's half the battle.